Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to The World in 10, your daily roundup of the biggest stories from across the globe told by our correspondents at The Times of London. I'm Rosie Wright. And I'm Eleanor Shearwood. Today we're talking about what it's like inside Donald Trump's mind, or just his social media page, and what might possibly be the world's spookiest funeral. in every state in this country to make decisions about her own body is on the line. How dare they? What you were hearing there was protests in the US and Poland about abortion rights. The debate's reached the UK and it's been prompted by a woman who's just been jailed for having an abortion between 32 and 34 weeks. Full term is 40 weeks. She's been sentenced to 28 months and will serve half of that in prison. Well, the termination happened during COVID restrictions. Women were allowed to have an abortion at home if they were less than 10 weeks pregnant and they could then get the drugs by a pills by post scheme. Well, this was made possible by a telephone consultation rather than seeing a doctor in person. Well, in this specific case, the woman lied about how many weeks pregnant she was in order to obtain the drugs. Now, the judge sentencing her recognised that this is a difficult case and the woman has suffered depression since. He was also quite irritated by a letter from medical professionals asking for mitigation. He said if they want the law to change, they should lobby the government. We've been hearing from both sides today. Uh, Rachel Clark is from the British Pregnancy Advisory Service. It's the UK's leading abortion service. This is based on a law from 1861. It's before women even had a vote. Uh, The vast majority of countries in the world do not punish women for this. Even in America, where they are criminalising abortion left, right and centre, there is not a single state that punishes women for ending their own pregnancy because it's recognised that no matter what's going on in a woman's life, she may make decisions which we might not agree with, but ultimately is not helped by sending her to jail and taking her away from her existing children. Those who disagree with Rachel say they're worried about the pills by post. Madeline Page is from Catholic Voices. She's also the director of the Alliance for Pro-Life Students. She told us there aren't enough safeguards in place for women who are using the service. Many, many women have been hospitalised purely for this reason, because they have called to say that they are pre-10 weeks, um, but actually they're far, far beyond the 10-week limit, such as um, this mother here who was 32 to 34 weeks. I mean, that is exceptionally high above the the 10-week limit. Um, But because BPAS are pushing to not see these women in person, they're actually not getting the healthcare that they need. Now, it's pretty hard to miss that at the time we're recording this, Trump is due to appear in court. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's episode once we've got the details. 
Today, though, The Times has been looking at Truth Social, his alternative media platform. And, you know, we got used to knowing what was going on in Trump's mind because he just tweeted it. But now he expresses his thoughts somewhere with far less exposure, sometimes written, uh, sometimes in videos like these. They can't stop because it's election interference at the highest level. There's never been anything like what's happened I'm an innocent man. I'm an innocent person. Yeah, Trump was famously banned from Twitter over tweets inciting supporters before the Capitol riot. But how many eyeballs is he getting here on this platform? Well, Truth Social's got around 2 million users. That compares to Twitter's 450 million. Well, Eugene Smith and Ryan Watts have been looking into it and they've made this brilliant word cloud of Trump's posts on there. And words which feature prominently include uh, me, great, Trump and Biden. But how impactful are all of these posts? Because clearly this audience is small and Eugene's told me there are other difficulties too. He's also preaching to the converted on Truth Social. The way that it's branded and marketed, you only really get existing Trump supporters signing up to it. So it's a smaller audience and it's a narrower audience. So he has less of an influence over the news agenda and over the wider population. But the advantage of having a network like Truth Social is he's able to quite effectively mobilise and galvanise his existing supporters to rally around him, particularly against what he describes as the legal witch hunt against him in recent weeks. He also told me that while the platform could grow as the presidential race intensifies, it could also go the other way. The other possibility is that between now and the next election, Trump actually rejoins Twitter, his old stomping ground that he used so assiduously as president. His main rival for the Republican nomination, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, he's been trying to use Elon Musk's Twitter to his advantage to reach uh, a large group of people. And Trump's account was restored last year after his suspension. And he still has 87 million followers on that Twitter account. So it's a it's a goldmine of potential reach that he could use. And so some speculate that he will return to that. And, and once he does, Truth Social will lose its reason to exist. Uh, it's a brilliantly interactive read. You can see the full piece on the Times website. Gender and sport have been making the headlines a lot recently. But what about 2011? It has just emerged that during the Women's World Cup, the Swedish players had to expose themselves to medical officials to prove... Well, that they were, in fact, female. Yeah, this is a revelation from the team's former captain, Nilla Fisher. The Times have quoted her saying nobody wants to jeopardise the opportunity to play at a World Cup and that they did it no matter how, in her words, sick and humiliating it felt. It happened because of allegations at the time that there were two or three men in the Equatorial Guinea team. It's understood that those allegations were subsequently disproved, but it unnerved FIFA to the extent that they demanded teams get proof of gender. Now, Fisher did highlight as well that the environment this was all done in felt safe, but there are questions as to why it wasn't done by a less invasive method like a DNA swab test. And with gender recognition becoming more a prominent theme in sport, we put it to the Times football reporter Molly Hudson how a similar situation would be avoided in the future. The rules around gender recognition tests are under consultation at the moment. Obviously, we've seen that in a lot of different sports Lawyers, um, human rights people, etc., are involved in talks with FIFA about how the best way is to do this. I, I suppose with with kind of doing it in the fairest way possible, without putting players in, in this exact kind of situation that that Fisher found herself in. 
We've heard a lot about the dangers of AI, but how would you feel if it could resurrect one of your favourite bands? And of course, it can't quite strictly do that. But uh, what about if it meant new material from the likes of the Beatles? Yeah, well, Sir Paul McCartney has revealed that the technology has been used to extricate John Lennon's voice from an old demo which was written before he died. Now, the song's name hasn't been released, but it's thought to be an apologetic love song. And uh, perhaps not their best. <laughs> uh, when George Harrison heard the song, uh, he thought it was rubbish and refused to work on it. And until now, he'd have been happy as the quality of the demo was too buzzy to do anything with. But music journalist Matt Charlton's told us how tech can help that. It is an intelligent computer learning what a voice is and learning how to separate the guitar from the... exactly how they did uh, the Get Back sessions, how they did the Get Back film. It learned what a speaking voice was, what a guitar was, what, what a drum set was, and it separated it all into separate tracks, whereas before it was all squashed onto one. And then, which means you can make the quality better, which means you can make it sound, well, you can make it sound listenable. Talking about bringing people back to life, we couldn't not mention this. Mourners at a funeral in Ecuador were shocked to hear knocking coming from inside the coffin. Bella Montoya had been declared dead after a stroke, but when they opened her coffin, she was very much alive. Now, the wake was held on the same day she was declared dead, but it wasn't until five hours into it that they heard her. Apparently, that's the reason they're called wakes, just in case. (laughs) And that is almost all we've got time for. Before we go, though, here's The Times foreign editor, Mike Smith, on what they've got coming up. In Germany, a philosophy student turned beggar has won the legal right to carry on begging because, he says, it enlivens city life. You can read that piece on the Times website later and we'll be back tomorrow. 